Well, good morning. You can be seated, and we're just so excited for all that God is doing in your life and that what he will do in your life. Our church is right in the middle of a 21-day fast, just believing God for miracles and taking the time, really, to disconnect a little bit from this world system and uh, be more sensitive to what God may be saying or doing in our life. We're already getting messages of things that God is doing and miracles that he has already begun to work in people's lives, and um, we believe that he's not finished yet. We believe that we're doing something now, and we're planting a seed and making a deposit on what God is going to do in our year. There's just something about offering him the first fruits of our year through prayer and through uh, fasting and saying, look, Lord, I'm going to give up something that's dear to me, something that's a part of my regular routine or regular schedule to, to focus solely upon you. I don't know about you, but I, 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 sometimes even though those donuts and things get tempting, I'm excited about what God is doing in my life personally right now, and I know that he's working in each and every one of your lives. Well, we're in the middle of a series called New uh, Beginnings, Living Boldly, and I want to get right into this today because I believe that God has a message that if we'll listen to it and we'll take heed to it today, he'll really shift us, uh, many of us in our lives, and we'll find out why many of us are being stopped uh, in certain areas of our life, but but we're really talking about today is bold speaking, and I don't know if you realize this, but when we get into the things of God, and when we build a relationship with Jesus, and we come into the kingdom of God, we are entering what is called a voice-activated kingdom. Somebody say amen. I know you, you may not get it yet, but when you start to connect to God, and when you have a relationship with him, you have stepped into a voice-activated kingdom. And I really got to set this up because this started, this principle started in Genesis, and it started when God formed this world and he put it into place. And the thing that we find about God is that when he said something, something happened. Come on. So every time somebody, every time that God speaks, something happens. And so we see this principle and we see this process happening and beginning in the book of Genesis. We see it and it says God saw something, he said something, and it was so. Why is that important for us? Because it continues with the first person he created, Adam. How many of you know we're created in God's image? We're created in God's image. We're created in God's likeness. And so he, he creates Adam and Eve. And then he has a situation where uh, Adam is in the garden and God brings the animals to Adam. Y'all remember that? So he brings them to them, but God doesn't name the animals. God brings them to Adam, and he says, whatever, the Bible says, whatever Adam called them, come on, that's what they were. Now, you need to catch the principle because you have the power to name what comes in front of you. Some of us miss that because we misinterpret what is coming in front of us. But the Bible says that when Adam called them something, that's what they were. So God gave him the power to speak and name what was coming in front of him. It's important because we're created in God's image and we're uniquely designed, watch this, say unique design. We're uniquely designed to see what we say. It's quiet in here, but that's okay. We're designed to see what we say. And so that's why we're talking about bold speaking today. And there's a passage in the book of Acts chapter 3 that I want to read. It says, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in, in the three o'clock prayer service, as they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. And each day he was put beside the temple gate and the one called the beautiful gate. So he could beg for them from the people to going, going into the temple. And when Peter, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. 
How many of you think money will solve your problems sometimes? Got one laugh. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. And so the lame man looked at them, eagerly expecting some money. How many of you, sometimes you're looking for something, but what you get is not what you expect? This is important. It's important. Stay with me. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but what I do have, I'll give to you. And he says, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. And then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. What's the principle? Bold speech initiates miracles. This is important because many of us have been so beaten up, even this week, and beaten up in our lives that we refuse to say what God said about our life. Now, I'm already at the end of my, I don't want to be at the end of my message already, but it's important for us to begin to speak boldly the things that God says about us, that says about our life, that he says about our family. This is so important because what's happening in many of our lives is we're speaking certain things in our home, we're speaking them over our relationships, we're speaking them over our spouse, and then we're getting upset because we're seeing what we said. That, that man is so sorry, that woman will never do this. And then when you see that, you get upset. But you've got to go back to the source of what you said. And so it's important, the principle here is this. When we're in the right place, like Peter and James were, Peter and John, when in the right place, at the right time, God will give us the right words. And so here, this, this miracle that's actually taking place, you got somebody at a beautiful gate, but his situation is ugly. How many of you saw what looked like should have been beautiful, but what was really going on was ugly? He's sitting there, and the Bible says he's lame, and, and, and he thinks that all he can settle for and all he can, can hope for is some chains, some money. And so Peter looks at him, and he commands the man, look, look at us. I need you to look at us. In other words, I need you to get the focus off of what you've been looking at. Some of us have been looking at the same thing too long. And so he says, I need you to get your focus off your sickness. I need to get the focus off the fact of what you can't do. I need you to get the focus off the fact that everybody else has been carrying you to this place just so you can get a little change. Look at us. And he says, what you're begging for, watch this, what you're begging for, what you're expecting, what you think we can give you, we don't have any of that. You ever been there where you thought that somebody or something was the answer to what you thought you needed? And they said, look, silver and gold, this thing you've been asking for every day, we don't have that, but I got something for you. I don't have what you want, but God has what you need. He says, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have, I give it to you in the name of Jesus. Get up and start walking. So the principle is this, sometimes what we want and what we expect is not what we actually need. You think that a, a, a new relationship will fix it. You think if they just did this, it'll fix it. If I just had a little more money, it'll fix it. And God is saying to you today, you got a deeper need than what you're looking at on the surface. And so God knows that when you have a deep need in the heart, a deep need in the mind, even that you don't even understand, the first thing he'll do is send somebody. That's packaged like you don't expect. 
And many of us, I say this in our church a lot, many of us refuse the gift that God is trying to hand to us because we don't like how it's wrapped. But some of us so, say, 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 get beyond the surface. You got to get beyond the surface sometimes to realize that once you open up the way it's packaged, you'll find out that what God is trying to deliver to you is exactly what you need. In other words, this man, if all he would have gotten from them was silver and gold, he would have just had somebody else carry him back to the same place every day. And so he's got to defend, depend on the fact that I've got to constantly beg and hope that somebody might drop some change in my bucket. But God says, no, on this day, lame man, I got to shift you. So I'm going to put you in a position that what you're begging for, now you'll have the ability to go out and get it yourself. Come on. What he said he was going to do in this man's life was give him an impartation. How many of you have heard that word before, impartation? Impartation is different. When we impart, what we're doing is we're making something known or communicating something that we didn't know before. This man didn't know walking. Come on. He didn't know a life where he could actually go and be productive. All he knew was somebody else carrying him to the place that he could beg and hope that today would be okay. How many of you said even if I could just get through today? Is there anybody in here? Oh, okay. All right. So, so how many of you, 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 you had these days where you're like, if I just can get through this day or get through this moment or make it through this situation, I'll be all right. But God is saying that I'm the God who's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all you can ask, think, or imagine. So I want to give you something that's going to go last beyond today. I want to deposit something in your heart and in your mind that will carry you and cause other people to look at you and glorify me. Now, he didn't even give this lame man a chance to think about it. The Bible says that after he said, get up and walk, he took him by the hand and picked him up. He didn't give him time to hesitate. And the man realized that as soon as he began to walk, he said, wait a minute, I can walk. And the Bible says that he was walking. Then he started leaping, and then he started praising God. Tell somebody, you got to start somewhere. See, the reality is, is walking by faith, speaking by faith, living boldly, we got to start somewhere. The news for you today, the news flash is, you got to start where you are. You can't wait for it to say, well, I'm going to wait for God to do this, or I'm going to wait for him to make me feel this way. No, i got to start where I am. Everything is not working out the way I want it to. My life is a mess. My mind is a mess. My heart is a mess. But I'm starting right where I am, and I'm going to take one step by faith. And I'm going to take another step by faith. And I'm going to believe God that he's going to provide me and that I can live in a place of no lack. I'm going to believe that he can heal me and set me free. I'm going to believe that he can restore the self-esteem that they stole. Come on. God creates us to impart into the deepest needs of others. Let's read this passage. Mark eleven twenty. It says, in the morning they passed by and they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter calling to remembrance saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. And Jesus answered and saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith 
shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he thinks. No, that's not what it says, is it? It says he'll have whatever he what? Come on, say it with faith. He'll have what? What he says. He'll have what he says. And so the context of this is Jesus was walking by and he saw a fig tree that looked like it should have been bearing fruit. But when he went to look for fruit on it, there was no fruit there. And so he cursed the fig tree and then kept on moving. In other words, he spoke and then he kept on moving. He he didn't speak and then wait to see what was going to happen. He kept on moving. And so when they walked back by this fig tree, the disciples are shocked. And they're like, Master, Master, what you said came to pass. And the only one that's not surprised is Jesus. Because he realizes that I carry the power to speak over a situation and what I say has to happen. And he said, now, now watch this. He says, this is not just reserved for me. And this is where we get messed up because we think it's for the super saints. or we think it, it, it's for all these people who are holier than now. But Jesus is saying, look, as much as y'all don't catch the principle of time, as much as you don't walk like me sometimes, even as my disciples, if you have faith. He said, not only can you do what's done to the fig tree. In other words, you can't just do what I did. You can speak to these mountains and they got to obey you. And he said that if you believe and you don't doubt in your heart what you say, say what you say, what you say will come to pass. Bold speaking is a matter of faith and it's a matter of the heart. So watch this. There will always be a connection between the condition of my heart and the level of my faith. I need y'all to understand this. There's always going to be a connection and a relationship between where my heart is and where my faith is. And so that's why the Bible tells us we have to guard our heart. Because my heart is going to affect what I say. What we believe will always be reflected in what we say. In other words, I don't have to sit there and ask you what you believe. All I have to do to know what you believe is have a conversation with you. And see, that's what's important is some of us are around people with no faith. Some of us, even when God begins to birth a dream or put a dream or put something in our hearts, we get around people who have no faith. And so what happens is they begin to drain. And they'll say, nobody's ever accomplished that. Nobody's ever done that. Nobody's ever been, ever been set free from that. Nobody's been ever healed from that. Nobody's ever recovered from that. And so you get around them, and guess what you think? And that thing takes root in your heart, and you know you begin to talk to yourself and say, it's always going to be this way. It's never going to be any different. Nobody's ever going to view me the way that, that I think I should be viewed. So when it affects your heart, I know this is a little heavy for some of y'all, but I I feel led to teach today. So we've got to understand that we must protect and guard our heart because our heart affects what we say and what we say affects what we see. Proverbs says it like this, death and life are in the power under the control of what? The tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. So we have the power, watch this, to choose Life and death by the words that we speak. My question is, is there life in your house? Come on. Is there life on your job? Is there life in your school? Is there life in your relationship? And if your answer is no, my question to you is, what are you saying? 
Because if you're seeing a dead situation as a believer with the authority of Jesus Christ resting on your situation, that situation don't have to stay dead. And see, that's what we have to understand is, is in this world, we see what we perceive to be impossible situations, but the impossible becomes possible when we get in the presence of God. That's why we come in here and praise and sing and worship, because when we get in the presence of God, those mountains begin to look like anthills. And so those things that you thought were impossible, those things that robbed you of your joy, robbed you of your faith, robbed you of your passion, robbed you of your enthusiasm, when you get in the presence of God, you can speak to that situation and say, you got to cough up everything that you stole. Here's what the Bible says. From the fruit of a man's mouth, he enjoys good, but the desire of the treacherous is violence. Words are seeds that always produce fruit in our lives. The question that we have to ask ourselves is what kind of fruit do we want to see? Because that determines, see, only, only human beings believe that you can plant one thing and get another. If you go to a farmer, a farmer always expects to see a, a harvest on what he sowed. And he doesn't question it when it's not coming up as fast. He doesn't question it. He just goes back to the place, waters the seed, waters the seed, waters the seed. No, because he knows eventually what I planted has to come up. And so now we as human beings have to understand the Bible says as long as the earth remains, the seed time and harvest. So that means when I plant those seeds of words, when I plant in my heart, I've got to know by faith that those things are going to harvest. Say amen. And so Psalm 1914, this is what we've got to pray because we know the importance of words. So we've got to pray and say, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, you see that connection again? Be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. This is important. What he's telling us is, Lord, I need the meditations of my heart to be acceptable to you so that my words will be acceptable to you. Because when our words are acceptable to God, our environment will shift. Say shift. How many of you need a shift in your life? Be honest. There's some things if you come in, you, you say, Lord, I need this thing to move. I need this thing to shift. I need a change and a transformation in this area of my life. Let me tell you something. As long as you remain silent, it won't change. But if you begin to say, look, I, I, I don't see it coming to pass yet, but I'm willing by faith to start talking and look foolish. See, when you walk by faith, it'll look foolish to people who don't have any. Am I helping anybody in here today? I, I, I just need to know. Just, I just need to know that I'm helping you because our prayer focus today as a church is daily declarations. And I didn't know that when I was preparing this message. It just happened to, to God just happened to weave that together. But it's so Important for us to catch this because if we need transformation in our life, it's going to start in the heart and begin to be activated when it comes out of our mouth. That's why when you see a man or a woman, you know, if you're linked up in relationship, you see a man or a woman and they're not maybe doing what you think they should. You don't you don't speak what you see. You speak what he said. I call you a man of valor. I call you a man of God. I'm not seeing that now, but that's what I'm going to call you. Come on. 
See, see, we've got to get real and we've got to get aggressive in the things of God and, and, and obtaining the promises that he has for our life because some of us are too passive and we just let the enemy run over us. But it's time to say I'm rising up today and I'm going to be everything that God created and called me to be. Regardless of what I'm seeing, regardless of the storms going on around me, I refuse to be moved by what I see. I'm only going to be moved by what I believe. God actually pays attention to what we say. He actually pays attention to what we say. Our, our words are formed in the heart before they're ever spoken on the lips. So some of us will say, you know how you say, I didn't mean to say that. You ever said that? But the reality is, anytime I hear that, I'm like, yes, you did. You maybe didn't mean for it to come out the way it did. You, you ever had one of those things where you're having a conversation, and you're like, as soon as it came out, you're like, I wish I could have that back. If you've ever been in a relationship, you've had that. Where it's like, it, it seemed like, you know how you're having a discussion, and then whoever you, you, you know, even, even in a friendship, you, you're having what's becoming an argument. It's not an argument yet, but you can kind of say, well, this could come on. And you got your arrow in the back. You ready? And you're like, when they say this, I got them. And as soon as they say it, and then you respond, and you're like, uh-oh. It wasn't even worth it. <laughs> and so now, watch this, because I'm going to give you a principle. What's your words created? Now you need to use your words to go fix. Because just like you let it come out of your mouth, you need to let, please forgive me, and I'm sorry, and I humble myself, come out of my mouth too. Words are formed in the heart before they're ever spoken in the lips. Here's our prayer. Lord, set a guard, O oh Lord, over my mouth and keep watch over the door of my lips. So, Lord, I'm praying every day, Lord, let me say what you want me to say. Let me build up. Let me be able to plant something in somebody's life that aims them towards their destiny. If you have kids, you understand this principle because if you let the world speak over them, the world has the power to aim them. That's why the voice, men, that your wife should hear is yours. The voice that your children should hear even before they understand what's being said the first people speaking over them should be you. Aiming them, saying, you're going to be this. And God is speaking this over your life. And you're walking in protection. And you're walking in favor. And you're walking in divine blessing. That's our responsibility. Because if we don't take that responsibility, the world will take it by default. Come on, is anybody in this church today? We need to understand this. This should be a word that helps us to celebrate because when I realize that I can change what's going on and I can rearrange destinies by what I say, then that should cause a level of faith to rise up in me. Because that means that I'm no longer swayed and dictated and bound by the opinions and expectations of others. How many of you, you chose a path in your life because you were trying to live up to somebody else's expectations? You know God has a vision for your life. God has something he wants to do in you. Say me. He has something that he wants to do in you. And you've got to get to the point where you believe it enough to say, Lord, I know you have a vision for my life. Show me what it is so I can run by faith toward the direction that you have for my life. Here's what Luke says. He says, the good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good. And the evil man 
out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil. For his mouth speaks that which fills his heart. And this is an interesting principle. And when I begin to think about this, we have two choices. And I want you to look at the two ways that, that, that your heart can be shaped and formed. I want you to think about this, this basket here as your heart. Because you can only draw from your heart, watch this, what's in there. And I need y'all, I need y'all to understand this this week. Because there's some things that you're going to have to speak over this week that God will shift if you start talking. But I can only draw from my heart, from this basket, what's in there. And so that's why the Bible says I have to guard my heart. In other words, I'm responsible for governing and watching and making the deposits that go in there. Because when I see a situation, watch this, that requires me to draw on the treasure that's in my heart, all I can do is reach in and grab the fruit that's in there. Look at this fruit. shiny. It's juicy. And when I impart this fruit to somebody, it'll build them up and nourish them. Come on. Because, but the reason I can nourish them and build them up is because I've been storing good treasure in my heart. And guess what? As long as I store it, I always have some. So just because I impart to you doesn't mean I run out. Because once you get it, I just go back to my heart, what's been stored in there. And when you need it, I can give you something that will nourish you and help you grow. And you know what? Because there's no retirement from being a Christian when, when I give it to you, you know what, and, and i got to pray and say, Lord, I need more fruit. I need something. Uh, Lord, i got to deposit in my heart. I've got to pray. I've got to seek your face. He says, all right, go back to your heart, and I can get more and give you what you need to grow and to flourish. In other words, God never puts us in a position where we don't have to come back to him to get what we need to bless others. As long as I'm willing to keep making the deposits, then I can keep drawing on what's been deposited. Somebody shout amen. But I need you to understand, don't get too excited about this shit, because I need you to understand that your heart, even just like it can look like that, your heart can also look like this. Some of our hearts are just like trash cans. And what we deposit in, can we get real in this church today? Because somebody needs to get free. What we're depositing in our hearts and in our lives is garbage. And people will get upset with you when you say, I don't want to offend anybody, but they'll get upset with you and say, you shouldn't watch this and you shouldn't do this. Why? Because you're depositing filth and garbage into your life. Thank you. I need y'all to help me preach this thing today. Because some, whether you're silent or not, you're going to get free today. And so it, it, it is, I got to, Lord, help me. What happens is in the church, when we have the same percentage rate of people viewing pornography and filth and that's out in the world, we got a problem. When we got youth pastors and pastors at the same percentage doing this stuff, the people who are not saved, there's a problem. 
And I'm not saying this because of condemnation. I'm saying it because we need to get free. Because what's happening is God even designed you in your mess and in your filth to make deposits to somebody else. But the problem is when they come to you, all you can draw from is this. What they need is this. But the deposits you made are over here. So when they come to you for that, all they can get is this. I want that to sink in. Because God designed you to bring somebody their healing. He designed you and created you to bring somebody their freedom and their blessing. But you've got to start depositing this and you've got to start putting this away. You know what's become an ugly word in church? Repentance. So much that if you're new or you're a guest or you've never been a part of it, we're scared to say repentance because you might not come back. It's quiet in here, isn't it? But the reality is, is it's not that hard. Repentance means to turn around and move in a different direction. What it means is if my life, are y'all still with me? has been in the darkness where you can't see me. And I've been making these deposits. Y'all still hear me? I've been making deposits in the dark. Deposits in the dark. But when God comes to me and says, because I love you, I'm having mercy on you and I'm still calling you by name. I love you. My son died for you. I'm still calling you by name. I need you to come back. I need you to repent. I need you to turn around. All he wants you to do is this. Tell somebody I can walk away from that because my blessing is over here. I can walk away from that because somebody's freedom is in the right basket. Somebody's deliverance is in the right basket. Somebody's healing is in the right basket. Somebody's provision and prosperity, it's all in the right basket. Let me close with this. Ephesians 4.29, let no wholesome or unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for the edification according to the need of the moment. Some of us talk too little, some of us talk too much, some of us don't talk at all. But the Bible says this, that I need to minister, I need to speak what is good for the need of the moment. So that it will give grace, grace is the empowerment to, to move forward, grace is the empowerment to live out everything that God has for you. So what I'm speaking should empower you. If I'm your pastor, God should put something in me that empowers you to move forward. Me being your pastor is not about me. It's about you moving forward in the destiny that God has for you. This is not about me. So when I pray and I study and I seek his face, I'm praying and studying and seeking his face so that I can make a deposit in your heart that moves you forward. God designed us to speak words that would build up and empower. And I want to close with three keys, three keys for bold speaking. Is it true? Is it true? If I'm going to open my mouth and talk, the first question I have to ask is, is it true? 
then I still don't have permission to speak. Y'all with me? Next question I have to ask is, is it necessary? Because there's some things that are true, but they're not necessary. Y'all with me? There's some things that we say, and they're true, but they are not necessary. That's why the argument started, because it was true, but it wasn't necessary. That's why they shut you down. It was true, but it was unnecessary. Say unnecessary. But there's some things that are true and necessary. But still, I don't have permission to speak unless I have the third one. Is it time? When God puts a word in your heart for somebody to move them forward, it has to be true, it has to be necessary, and it has to be time. That's called alignment. So when God speaks to you, and he speaks of a word of alignment into your life. It's because he's not looking at your now. He's looking at your future. Remember when I said words are seeds? So if it's a seed, that means it's not speaking to now. This is important to realize. A seed always speaks to what that seed is supposed to produce. That's why they can tell you you're pregnant now, but it's not about the seed. It's about what's coming in nine months. You got to understand that. So when you start planting these words and planting anything in faith, stop looking at the seed not moving so fast, realizing that when God calls you to plant one, he's speaking to your future and your destiny and not to your right now. Somebody shout amen. Come on and stand up to your feet real quick. I'm not going to ask anybody to come forward, but stand up if you can. Bow your head. I want to do something today. As we wrap this up, every head bowed, every eye closed, this is an important moment for some of you. And it's going to take humility to really shift where God wants you to shift today. But if you'll, if you'll hear him, if y'all get past me, if, if, if anything with my delivery, anything is bothered, get past all that and hear him this morning. It's so important. This is a moment of transformation for so many of you. If you're here, and words have been spoken over your life, either by you or someone else. And this is the way the Lord is giving it to me. You can't get the words out of your head. They're negative words. You can't get them. They, they've been spoken, but you can't get them out of your head. And they're stopping you and they're hindering you from believing that God has a purpose for you. He has a plan for you. I want you, nobody's looking around. I want you to just slip your hand up. I need to know who you are. I never thought I was going to make it. I'm never going to amount to anything. Some of these things are things you've spoken over your own life. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. All of this is, seems, they seem like harmless things. But you're putting things in the atmosphere that are affecting your future and your destiny. How many would say, I, I, if, if I were honest, I haven't really taken responsibility for the words that I've spoken up to this point. Just quick, no one's going to make you come up here, but I, I, just by faith, if it's you, just lift your hand quickly. I want to know who I'm praying with. Because we're going to make some declarations today, all of us. Anybody in here who's never been saved, never made the decision to follow Jesus, slip your hand up. 
It's not hard. You just got to start the journey. Blessings, blessings upon you. I see you. Here's what I want to do. As Michael continues to play, I just want you by faith to, to repeat after me today and just do it boldly. Everybody in the room, you, you, at this point, you don't even have to believe it, but I want you to say it and begin to get it in your spirit. And you do it. Do it. Don't whisper. There's a, def a defining moment for you. Repeating after me, say, God, you have purpose for my life. You have vision for my life. You conquered all, so I'm a conqueror. This day, the shackles come off. The chains come off. I walk in freedom. I walk in joy. I walk in peace. I walk in favor. Lord, the enemy has no power over me because I'm your child. You love me. I felt unlovable, but you love me. I attract blessing. I attract favor. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed coming out. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. My family is blessed. My children are blessed. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment, in condemnation, I shall condemn. Why? This is my heritage. I belong to you. Every blessing in heavenly places is mine. The healing is mine. The freedom is mine. The harmony in my home is mine. God, if you gave it to me, I can't lose it. If it looks like it's lost, it shall be restored. The years are restored. Father, let me walk with new boldness, with new faith, believing that when I say something, it is so. In Jesus' name. Let everyone that believes that shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Let's give God a praise for the freedom in this place. Let's give him a praise for the freedom in this place. Let me pray for you. If after we're done praying, you need, you want someone to pray with you individually, our prayer team is up here. And they're, they're willing to agree with you. They're not going to embarrass you. But sometimes it's good to just join your faith with somebody else's. And trust God to work miracles in your life. If you're staying for small group training, we'll be across the hall right after service, about 15 minutes if you want to lead a group. But right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your people who are here. 
everyone was here by divine design today. Every single seat that is full today was full by your design. And Lord, I ask that the word be planted in good ground and that it would yield a hundredfold increase in the lives of your people. And even as they leave this place and they're depositing their faith in their hearts, Lord, bring multiplication, increase, acceleration and advancement in every area of their lives. And as we leave this place but not your presence, we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. And we'll see you next week. God bless you.